Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, June 22nd edition of the Basement Academy. As we get going with our morning psalm, Psalm 52 is kind of interesting. It's set in a historical context out of the David story. It's when Doeg the Edomite had gone to Saul and told him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech. And Doeg uh, overhears this and goes tell Saul. So Saul's chasing David. So um, Doeg's the bad guy here. Okay. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? Your tongue plots destruction. It is sharpened. It is like a sharpened razor, you who practice deceit. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, O oh, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at him, saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I will hope, for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Psalm 52, kind of a challenging little psalm. And so pouring out that anger, that frustration, but pray, pouring it out in prayer <laughs> about Doag, who kind of ratted him out uh, to Saul, which put David's life in, in danger again. Here's the man who trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. It is a nice backdrop to our James study today. Okay, so James chapter 5 now. Let me read verses 1 through 6. And these are pretty tough words. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Wow. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Wow. Sizzling hot. <laughs> James just, he just throws it down, doesn't he? Uh, some of the uh, Bible commentators, biblical scholars, are thinking he's not speaking to the Christian community here, that he's speaking to the surrounding community, the world, as it were, not to the, to the church. I don't know why we would think that. Why would, you know, 
he's speaking to those, you know, who've received the implanted word, etc. Um, it, it's possible, but but who's they're not going to be reading this letter, right? They're not going to hear these words. The anybody who's outside the church community, so I think it probably is speaking to the church family. It's challenging to, to see it this way because he's speaking of judgment and fire and all of this, but it's a stern rebuke for those within the believing community, right? Who have, who have laid up treasure for themselves, okay? And so there's clearly an echo going on here of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in fact, he uses the very same word. So let me read it. Uh, so this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I mean, so I think this passage is, it's not just even an echo. It's almost like a restating of it. In fact, that where, um, uh, where James writes uh, in verse 3, you have hoarded wealth in the last days. It is the exact same word about laying up treasure for yourselves. It's the same word in the original Greek. So the translators here in James chapter 5 translate it as hoarded wealth. In Matthew chapter 6, it's lay up for yourselves treasure, but really it's hoarding treasure. It's, it's you know, making um, your treasure, your money, um, the, the most important thing. So um, it's a warning, okay? So we've already kind of seen James take on that prophetic role um, uh, about submitting to God, resisting the devil, fleeing. Uh, he'll flee from you, come near to God, he'll come near to you, grieve, mourn, and wail. So, so James, he has stature, he has credibility within the early church, and so he's leveraging his position as a leader within the early church, and he's calling them not to be about the money, right? Laying up the treasures, hoarding the wealth. And so James writes out of, he lives in and writes out of the, 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 the Torah, prophets, Psalms, Jesus tradition, right? And so shaped by Torah, um, there are a couple passages I want to read going back to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13. Do not defraud your neighbor or rob him. Do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. And so this is God speaking through Moses to um, Israel. They've just come out of Egypt. They're now free. And so these instructions that are going to shape their community life 
They're not yet in the promised land, but this is the this is the language, these are the, the words, the, the laws, as it were, that will shape their community life uh, in uh, the promised land. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 24, now that, so Leviticus is earlier uh, in, in the, they've just gotten out of, of Egypt. Deuteronomy is at the end of the 40 years are getting ready to enter the land. And so Deuteronomy 24, verse 14, do not take advantage of a hired man who is poor and needy, whether he is a brother Israelite or an alien or foreigner living in one of your towns. Pay him his wages each day before sunset because he is poor and counting on it. Otherwise, he may cry to the Lord against you and you will be guilty of sin. Okay. James is, I mean, he, he's essentially quoting Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy. The wages you have failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. That's Deuteronomy chapter 24. Pay, pay the man. And so the kind of the idea is like of day laborers, right? They need that money they, they labored today. They need that money today because they have to buy food <laughs> that they may live and to provide perhaps for their, for their family. And so James is demonstrating here his familiarity with the teaching of Jesus about the hoarding wealth of laying up treasures for yourself. He's demonstrating his familiarity with uh, Torah with with Leviticus uh, and uh, Deuteronomy. You know, I don't know that he has Psalm fifty two in his mind, but but that Psalm would have been well known within the Jewish Israelite community about this Doeg, this evil man <clears throat> who uh, trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. <clears throat> so the the Psalms, uh, the prophets, uh, Torah, bear witness to this reality. Now, if you if you're familiar with the old Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there are two great sins that Israel engages in. Okay, again, we read. All people do this, but the, 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 the Old Testament is written to God's people, Israel, okay? So this is true of all humanity, but uh, the prophets, the Torah, the Psalms are speaking into the context of Israel primarily. The two greatest sins are idolatry and injustice. It's helpful that they both begin with the letter I. It's an easy to remember. Idolatry um, yeah, it's worshiping other gods. Uh, it's you know bowing down to statues, etc. And we know Israel engaged in this um, as they brought the statues and the totem poles and the other kinds of the sacred objects of the surrounding nations, brought them into the temple in Jerusalem eventually. And that's what made God burn, made God burn with, with jealousy for his own name. And then he cast them out of Israel, destroyed the temple, and they were sent into Babylonian exile. It wasn't only for idolatry that they did that, but, but that was significant uh, in the um, reason for the exile. 
Idolatry at its heart is a failure to love God properly. And so the Ten Commandments, um, have no other gods before me, make no graven images, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, remember the Sabbath day. The first four commandments that are there to um, keep Israel and to keep humanity connected to a proper love for God. God is the one who's created us, who has redeemed us. Let us honor his name. Let us worship him properly, etc. And so idolatry is the failure to love God. <clears throat> Injustice is the failure to love our neighbor. And so the, the second half of the Ten Commandments has to do honoring father and mother, do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, etc. Those are commands that are directed towards loving one's neighbor. So we've talked about this before. There's a vertical dimension to our lives, our call to love God, to worship God, to be in relationship with God. And then our horizontal relationship, our call to love our neighbor as ourself. Uh, we are all made in God's image. We're created to be to live in proper, right relationships with our neighbor. Injustice is the failure to do that, the failure to love the neighbor well. It often, not only, but often takes the shape of um, economic injustice. And so what James is, is writing here, again, out of the context of Torah, prophets, and, and Psalms, he's he's calling the early church out over the sin of injustice. You rich people, weep and wail for the misery that's coming upon you. So judgment comes, okay? He's saying this is not pleasing to God, this kind of life. So, and it kind of flows from what we just read at the end of chapter 4. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year, carry on business, make money. <clears throat> so he's speaking into this context of those who maybe have a sense of self-sufficiency. We can go where we want to go, do what we want to do. We, we, we have this enough uh, means, economic means, financial means is how we would say it, that we can do about what we want, which is a disregard for God. Right? So now here's where the idolatry starts to come in. You know, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will. So pay attention to God. In your planning for your future, there's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with engaging in commerce and business. There's nothing wrong with making money. But he takes this spirit that seems to be... Um, uh, engaging in presumption. Oh, we're going to go. I can, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm going to go plan my life, make my money. No, no, no. Pay attention to God. If it is the Lord's will, I'll go be doing this. God created us so that we would live in relationship with him and that our money would be used to support others and encourage others and use this to, uh, to, to better uh, our humanity, right? We don't need all the money in the world, right? And so this flows, seems to flow right from it, from those who may be uh, a bit uh, presumptuous of, of their lives. I can do whatever I, I want to do without regard for God. Now, listen, you rich people. 
If you continue in that way, disregarding God and disregarding your neighbor, pay those people. They, they mowed your fields, pay them their wages because their prayers and their cries are going to come before God Almighty. So the same God you might be ignoring when you try to go to this city and go live and, and get gain, that same God is watching and he's seeing how you're treating those laborers who've done an honest day's work. So pay them. So idolatry and injustice. These, this passage in particular has a very Old Testament quality to it where there's uh, a little bit of fire and brimstone, right? But it's important that we hear this, that we not just disregard this passage and say, well, I'm certainly not rich. You know, I'm, I pay my bills. You know, if somebody comes to, you know, work on my house, I, I, I pay them. Good, let's keep doing that. And so Christians, uh, we'll talk about this tomorrow, Christians are called to financial integrity. We are called to um, godly stewardship, both of our time. Okay, we talked about a theology of time. So let's be wise stewards of our time. Let's receive the day as a gift. And if somebody labors for us, if somebody, as we have occasion to uh, receive wealth, let us not set our hearts on that. Let us use what we have to strengthen, to better others, okay? And so we'll, I want to talk about that tomorrow. But wanted to kind of lay the foundation here. James, as he brings the heat again, is doing so in the context of Torah, of prophets, of Psalms, of Jesus, who warns against making our wealth, our riches, our money, our God. And when it does, so there's an inseparable, unbreakable connection between uh, idolatry and injustice, the love of God and the love of neighbor. As Jesus was asked, which rabbi, you know, teacher, which, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says, well, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? Quoting Deuteronomy. And a second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus chapter 19. Interesting, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the t same two uh, books <laughs> that James is alluding to here, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Love God, love your neighbor. If you get the love of God wrong, you will always get the love of neighbor wrong. If you are not loving neighbor well, it reveals that you, and so that's the key. You kind of come back into it sometimes. I think I've got God all figured out. I believe in God, but here's how I treat people. You don't have the love of God figured out if you're not treating people uh, well, uh, maybe talk a little bit about this tomorrow. So anyway, let's, let's close out um, kind of a challenging passage today, but let us examine our own hearts and consciences with regard to our wealth and our treatment of others. Lord, hear our prayer that we might live and walk humbly, faithfully as good stewards of the time that you have entrusted to us and good stewards of all the possessions and wealth that you've entrusted to us. Lord, help us to live well towards you and towards our neighbor as we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God grant you a full heart of love for himself and for your neighbor this day and forevermore. Amen.